Hey friends, I'm Kylie. And Ryan. This is take four. Yeah, Kylie can't pull it together today. I'm on the struggle bus this morning. I don't know why. I had it all ready yesterday. Like, I was ready to go last night. Ryan fell asleep with Reagan. And I did. Went in for a 10 minute cuddle session and woke up two hours later. Yeah. It was a doozy. And now I am just struggling to podcast for you friends. Okay. Real fast, some house cleaning. House, house cleaning sure. or keeping? Doesn't matter. Everything is housekeeping. Go for it. <laughs> Make sure you guys screenshot this, share it in your Instagram stories, your Facebook stories, share it with a friend. Literally give them the episode and be like, hey, you need this in your life. It's good stuff. You're going to laugh a little. You're going to find some good nuggets out of it. Today especially, you're going to hear some things about us. Yeah, you get to hear some fun stuff about Ryan today. It's going to be Why just about me? I don't have a funny story that I can think of anyways. Fair enough. I'm going to, they're going to learn about our marriage. Mm, That'll be neat. (laughs) So make sure that you screenshot it, you share it, tag us in it. I recently deleted my Facebook because it just feels like it's too much, you know? See, it's overwhelming for you and underwhelming for me. I just... Yeah, well, and I wasn't doing a whole lot on my Facebook, but it's just like, it's for some reason draining me. And I feel like if something's draining you, you should just, like, that's a sign in itself to just get rid of it. But also, a lot of times when you're chasing something for yourself and it's not God's will for you, that's where the exhausting parts of life come in. Like that's where burnout happens. That's where exhaustion happens. I'm not going to lie to you and say like, if you're chasing God's will, you don't get exhausted, but there's something different and more powerful about going after God's will for your life than going after something for yourself. It's just not nearly as exhausting but when, you, when you're going after God's will, you also seem to get more rest because you're just living in his will for your life. It's a different kind of, I don't know, thing. It's just different. So okay. anyway, okay. Facebook was just a struggle bus for me, much like this podcast this morning. It's been rough. It's been rough. <laughs> So I got rid of it. So you can tag me on Instagram at I'm, no, not I'm, I changed it, at thenight.life or Ryan, where's your? At Finally Nine Outdoors. Yes. And I also really love YouTube, but YouTube, not YouTube, it's my computer, is not loving videos here lately. It doesn't want me to download it. Apparently there's not enough space. I can't get the video up. So it's frustrating because I like editing my videos on my computer, but I'm probably gonna have to do it on my phone so I can get Until your phone jams up and then we'll just have to quit. I put more storage space on my phone. Mm-hmm. I did take care of that. Nice. So make sure you screenshot it, share it with a friend, literally send it to them, and then give us a five-star written review. Written because then I get to see who you are unless you have some weird name, like cats love dogs. <laughs> Let's not do that again. Let's not do that again. Anyway. 
You guys missed an epic conversation about cats loving dogs. Our cat loving our dog. That's about it. Yeah. And it's more so our dog loves our cat. Okay, we're not going to get into that conversation. <laughs> he said he doesn't, he's not It's interested. a slippery slope that these guys just... <laughs> they don't care about our dog and our cat. They might, but we'll send them a video of their friends. Of their friendship. Yes. Okay, so make sure you give us a five-star written review because you got some kind of value. Whether you laughed, God spoke to you, you got some good um, hacks from life, like whatever it may be. On this podcast, we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. Parenting, struggles, um, some parenting hacks, some marriage things a whole lot of god probably some business all the things all learned through trials through trials through trials clever like that, that. Was good <laughs> all right we started with mine first last time and you keep messing it up so let's go ahead and go with yours i don't think we should start with mine i think we should start with yours cuz this is a good start <laughs> all right so like i said on today's podcast we're trying to talk about things we learned in trials that we necessarily did not want to go through. Kind of like Chip says, smart things I learned through doing dumb things. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so to kind of kick it off, when I was uh, 19, 19, 19 folks. years old, just to give you a glimpse into my past. Uh, Listen, we're sinners. It's about right? 11 o'clock at night, actually. Not that late at night. <laughs> Set the for, a, for us, babe. For a 19-year-old. And uh, what cop, rolls, cop rolls up on my pickup and hits the siren. And I am intoxicated enough that I am underneath it. Like, wait. Like, underneath it. Like, like under it. Like, like, when he hit the what? siren, I hit my head on the driveline. Like, what underneath it. time of year was it? Uh, February, so. March, something like that. It's cold. <laughs> but I was, you know. So you're... Outside. Well, what I didn't want to be outside. Where were you at? On some random street. Did you? Were you at a house party? When I started, yeah. <laughs> so you drove. Oh yeah. Like yeah. How did you end up? Under I your drove pickup? back. Actually, I was at a, a house out in the country, and I drove back into town. And then you got out and got. Under well, your yeah, pickup. I had to throw up. <laughs> and then so you... I got, I fell out of the truck. And then I didn't want to get in my puke, so I rolled over, and then I ended up under the truck. And you fell asleep, or? No, I was still puking when he got there. It was bad. It was really bad. Okay, And friends, he hit the siren, and I hit my head on the driveline. Don't do... this. So is, he shut the siren off, because it scared me. This is past Ryan, okay? Like... Yeah, don't be me. This was bad. Okay, so you smacked your head. He. I did. And naturally, uh, decided for driving under the influence <laughs> who would have thought and then uh they put me in the cop car and on the way there the deputy but you missed something because they clearly handcuffed you yeah they cuffed but cuffed me behind my back why what? yeah well you didn't tell them that you got handcuffed well i'm in a cop car of course i got handcuffed some people may not know that anyway cuffed me behind my back Put me in the front seat, front passenger seat of the cop car. I still in haven't figured. Front. I still haven't figured out why they didn't put me in the back. It was a Dodge Durango, like a 2006 Dodge Durango. Anyway, so I'm driving along, and there's a shotgun next to me, their little riot gun, and it's got the little shell holder on the 
side. And my hands are behind me, and the officer can't figure out why the car's making this weird <laughs> noise. <laughs> well, Drunken Ryan is pushing the bullets out of the shell holder on his shotgun, and they're hitting the floor, and all you can hear is the shotgun shell go. <laughs> and that distracted him for a minute, and we smacked this big old jackrabbit with this Dodge Durango. And it hits the air dam on the front of the car and puts his patrol car or his cruiser or whatever you want to call that thing into limp mode. So we did 14 miles an hour all the way back to jails. Yeah, and I get there and they run me through everything, take all my pictures, you know, my smiling face. Did you tell that? Did you tell him like, oh, that's me? Yeah. Yeah. He said, knock it off. And then we smacked the rabbit. That's funny, but uh, was he mad at you? He, he got a pretty good chuckle about it, and then he was it, the car was brand new, like this oh, was his first no. day with it. Was he? So mad? he was not impressed that it did that with a jackrabbit. Granted, this jackrabbit was like size of an antelope; it was huge. So he was mad that the car did that, not necessarily. He wasn't necessarily mad at me until he realized that I had pushed all of his shells out of the shell holder. At least yeah, he, he realized it before he needed it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you get there. So they run me through, put me in the drunk tank. And give me my sweet little slip-on shoes and my blue or my orange outfit, my super comfy half-inch thick pad from the <laughs> 1980s. I get in there, I wake up, and you have food. Well, well, yeah, they wake us up for food, and there's hard-boiled eggs and bean soup and cornbread and crackers, if I remember right. And this dude. Like a methed out boom hour. It was terrifying. Why did they put you in there with him? He was in the drunk tank too. Oh, because he was drunk. Yeah, there was like 10 of us in there. Oh. Yeah. So, set the scene for you a little bit. This guy's like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, blonde hair, cut off cargo, camouflage shorts, and a wife beater. Oh. Yeah. And he talked about like, I'm like, what is going on? Come to find out, he keeps asking me questions, and I am not comprehending because I'm still recovering. <laughs> and uh, wait, from alcohol or from you hitting your head? Yes, <laughs> the answer is yes. And uh, a guy across the cell goes, "Dude, just give him the cornbread." I d had no idea he was asking me for cornbread, but they, apparently they'd been in there with this guy for a while. So I took cornbread. all of my food and shoved it to him. I'm like, I can't eat anyway. Take it. Can't care. So, yeah, that uh, you would have thought that a, an experience like that, not to mention when I got out. So at that point in time, when you got a DUI, it, it's, it, you still had to go to your court date or whatever, but you didn't have to stay in jail until your court date. Mm. So once you blew zeros, you could leave on your alcohol test. I blew zeros, walked out and went, nobody knows I'm here. Oh boy, because <laughs> one thing my parents told me, one thing my parents told me is if I ever end up in jail, don't call them. They don't have money to bail me out anyway. So I but, didn't call them. But you were out at that point. So why didn't you say, hey, can you come get me? Well, they were working. Ah. They weren't going to come get me. So okay. I called a buddy of mine. He come got me. <laughs> you would have thought a traumatic event like that would have uh, redirected me, but no, no. Not for a long time. Uh, I was 21 or 2 over in Deadwood, South Dakota. Went in to, 
I think, six different casinos before I went to the bar. Oh, my gosh. And the person that I was there to meet up with or whatever kind of bailed on me. So I'm like, heck with it. I'd been drinking for three or four hours. I'm going back to my hotel, and I'm going to bed, and I'll go snowboarding in the morning. I walk right past the $1 trolley that would have taken me to my hotel, gotten my pickup, three blocks later got pulled over. That one was interesting too, because I had to actually, I, I helped the officers restrain a guy. What? Yeah. I was, so in South Dakota, instead of just waiting for you to blow zeros on a breathalyzer, they take blood tests. Yeah. Like draw blood with They're a needle. They're smart. Yeah. To give actual blood alcohol content results. Yeah. So, I'm in line to do that, and this guy comes in, and he is far more intoxicated than I am, and he's one of those violent kind, violent types. Oh. Yeah, he was a fun time. And they told him to sit down, and he throws an absolute fit. And there's two officers in there, and a little background on me, I wrestled for a very long time, so I know how to throw people off balance, stuff like that, even when I'm drunk, apparently. <laughs> So I, uh, these two officers are struggling with this guy. They got his arms barred behind him and stuff, but they can't get him to sit down. So I ankle pick him, sit him down, and then keep a hold of one foot so he can't get back up while they strap his arms to a chair and take his blood test. <laughs> it was like straight up, yeah, it was, it was entertaining. Ankle picking. Reach down, pick their ankle out. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Was he kicking? Uh, Oh, yeah. He was all over the place. He was not a happy person. He's... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, this later ends up working out for me because I did help, but still in jail for the night. Turns out, the first jail I was in, way nicer than the second jail. I'm fairly certain they just painted the dirt in that place. It was terrible. Wake up in the morning. They At some point in the night, they'd thrown a guy in there for public intox, and he is face stuck to the floor... In his own filth. Gross. Yeah, it was bad, and that's way bigger party town. That was that was that was a whole different world. So I had to post bail on that one. South Dakota didn't allow me to get out without that. How do you post um, bail? Uh, well, you see, that is the one time I've actually won money in Deadwood, South Dakota. <laughs> I found a quarter on the floor, threw it in a quarter machine, and won just enough money to get me out of jail and get my truck out of impound. God was really just looking out for you. Oh, he was having a heyday watching me, I'm sure. It's got to be a real uh, cops episode every now and then in my life. But, yeah, I get out and went all the way back. And at the time, I was working, I was freshly hired on at the coal mine. Mm, okay. Yeah. Whoa, so I, we like just freshly met. Yeah. I left from Deadwood, drove all the way back to right, showered. Slept for 15 minutes, woke up and went to work. Yeah, on a night shift. Yeah, you would, that one, that one learned me a little better. Yeah. Did it though? Yeah, a little better. Yeah, not okay. a lot better, but so a little better. Out of those trials, what did you learn? How did they shape you into who you are today? Well, so I have a, a theory or a long standing thought, at least, that. If you don't go through, not necessarily going to jail and doing the dumb stuff that I did, but if you don't go through some things, you're going to end up doing them bigger later, if that makes any sense. So if you, like as a kid, if you're 
taught that guns are the devil and you're never around guns. A lot of people just assume that staying away from guns will be the best thing that ever happened to you. No, you need to educate yourself on those mm. so that they're not a problem later in life. That's a bad um, or example because <laughs> don't educate yourself by being dumb. <laughs> well, yeah, don't be dumb with guns, but at the same time, different different look at it is... you educated yourself with alcohol and jail in a dumb way. Yeah. But but also, there's so there's a lot of people I know that are like, I've missed out on life because I've never done anything wrong and I'm free. And then they end up going to the big city and tripped out on Molly for three months. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's... Or you just live no life at all. Yeah. And I'm not saying that being drunk and going to jail is living. Okay, it's not a great choice, but... It, a lot of the trials that you go through depend on what kind of upbringing you've had. Yeah. Me and my family, I was raised with two older brothers, five and seven years older than me, and I did everything with those two. And they directly affected what I did in my childhood. So my, if I if I hadn't done all of that, I would do, I would end up doing it now, like in my life, instead yeah. of 15 years ago. Right. Do you feel like you learned any, like, how how did it shape you into who you are, though? Like, what have you learned? Because for me, with Casey, I can tell the kids, like, I'm really grateful that I went through what I went through with Casey. Was it fun in the moment? Absolutely not. So, for y'all, I got pregnant at 15 years old, and um, <clears throat> mind you, that was, like, the worst thing I've ever done was get pregnant like the person I got pregnant with also took my virginity so like I was a quote-unquote good kid if you will mm-hmm. I just wasn't interested in drinking I wasn't interested in partying I wasn't interested in any of that um but yeah I got pregnant at 15 and carried him to six months and um gave him a name like we were obviously getting ready for this baby I was gonna have a baby and at 15 years old I went through a um stillborn a stillbirth so that means if you don't know that means I gave birth to my son at six months in my womb and he I could have saved him that's a whole long story in itself but um at 15 years old when somebody calls you and talks you out of it, you don't know anything. And so I was like, okay, I guess we, I guess, fine. It was a, an emergency situation anyways because um, the umbilical cord got cut off and he wasn't getting what he needed. So that's why I was giving birth. But needless to say, that experience shaped me into who I am and now that I had that to learn from I I never would wish that on anybody that's it's a traumatic experience and thankfully now I can talk about it without crying and I get to share with our kids that they have a brother his name is Casey I can show them pictures they get to know that he's living with Jesus he and I feel really grateful that he gets to live with Jesus because I got to have him for six months but he didn't have to go through any of, like, the pain and stuff. But it's crazy because he would be, what would we say, 13? Yeah, he'd be a teenager or tw- now. Or 
Was it 12 or 13? When you're what, 20? Nine. Nine, yeah. I almost said 25. Big big dirty 30 this year. I'm 25, babe. Yeah. (laughs) And you were 15, so that's 14. So he'd be driving in two years. 13 because I had him in August. Either way. Nonetheless, 13 or 14. And, but now I can tell my kids, I can, I I don't have to just say, don't get pregnant because you're too young. I can tell them my experience and I can share with them. And, and now I know the importance of, um, of giving yourself to somebody and none of this stuff I knew growing up. I did, we didn't talk about sex. I had no idea about any of it. And, and we can talk about that at a later time when, you know, it's appropriate and we give you guys the proper warning not to listen to this with your children. But I didn't know the details. I didn't know, my parents didn't tell me anything. They never had the conversation with me. And by the time I got to the sex ed class when when you're supposed to in high school or whatever, go through that, I was already pregnant. Missed it by that much. That's why you can't wait. (laughs) So I know, I learned through that, through what I went through and I, that was a really hard season for me. A really hard season, obviously. I'm 15 years old and I just lost, a, I got pregnant. That's a lot at 15. And then you lose the baby. So that's a lot too. And um, <clears throat> I can share that with my children now and explain to them the importance of why you don't do this. And, and part of my thought process anyways was at the time, Brittany Lynn Spears was a really popular celebrity, and um, did I say Brittany? You said Brittany Lynn. What's her name? Brittany Spears? Yeah, that's Brittany Spears. Jamie Lynn, her oh, sister. So, oh, okay. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, because it wasn't the thing for me. I'm old. Jamie, her sister. I'm like, her name is not Brittany. I'm very confused right now. Okay. Jamie Lynn Spears, her show, um, I don't know, she had a show, Something 101, and um, she got pregnant, and she's about the same age as me. She might be, give or take, she's about the same age as me, and she got pregnant. And my mindset was, it's okay if she's pregnant, it's okay that I'm pregnant. And also... It was like, if I'm pregnant, he'll stay with me. And that's not the case. And I didn't get these conversations from my parents. And I don't know why. I don't think they realized it. I don't think they, like, I had really great parents. I have really great parents. They're still here. And um, they did the absolute best that they knew how to do. It was also a really rough time for my parents during that time because about the time I got pregnant, they were trying to split up and then they did split up. It was a whole thing. So, um, like it was just a really rough, rough season. And then, um, through all of that, lost my child and, um, yeah, 
but I get to share all of that with my kids and I get to explain to them what it means to give yourself to somebody, what the importance of it is. I get to explain to them God's um, purpose for marriage and why you save yourself for somebody and how come, um, or, or not how come, but how many people go through miscarriages or stillbirths. I can explain to them what abortion is and what that means for them and their body. I can explain this stuff to them that I wouldn't have been able to explain to them had I not gone through it. And you can explain to them drinking and and the jail time and what that means and why you don't do it. Yep. That you couldn't have. You could have. I I can explain to them drugs. I can't share experiences that I've had with drugs. My dad can. That's what Papa's for. Yeah. <laughs> but I can I can lay out for them teen pregnancy because I've gone through it. Because when you're pregnant at 15 also, you're not thinking I, Y'all, I was so uneducated with all of that. I, my mom was telling me about something that could happen, and I was like, wait, does that mean, like, I'm going to give birth through my butt? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I know it's funny, but, like, I'm not kidding you. That's how, that's how little I knew. Yeah. I had no idea. And my mom's like, no. <laughs> and I knew C-section was another way of having a kid, but I didn't know what C-section was. I didn't have these conversations and now I get to my kids are going to know about that my kids know what periods are they don't know like logically but they know that mommy has a period they know what the tools and don't are. make eye contact just back away slowly <laughs> when he's talking about when I'm on my period okay <laughs> anyways um they, but they know these things. I don't hide this stuff from them. They know what their body parts are. Because, yes, indeed. Because I didn't. And I felt dumb around kids who did know. And I felt embarrassed. And if I can keep my kids from going through that, I will. But because of that, I'm better educated, if you will. And... And there's going to be a lot that we miss that our kids might not miss and they can teach their kids. But because I went through those trials, I can share that with my kids to where they hopefully don't have to go through that. And I think God probably put us through those trials because he knows that that's how we would learn. Right. Like, for example, I'm listening to you talk about sex ed and stuff. I was not a great student. Same. So it makes me wonder if had you actually gone through sex ed, had you learned any of the things you actually learned or would you just slough through it like like I did in school? I don't know. Because I don't remember really anything from sex ed. Yeah, I don't know. Other than some really awkward videos that they really shouldn't show in school because they'll scar a kid for life. Well, and I was not a (laughs) popular kid, so those kinds of things were really awkward for me. And I was in a class full of like just obnoxious boys which 
That's kind of our thing. Boys. That's our go-to. We're just ridiculous. Yeah, boys and sex ed. Like, I feel like they should freaking separate girls and boys. So I think they did for us. They might have. They, they really should not because inappropriate. I mean, you're going through sex ed for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Not, but because girls just learn differently, and it's really hard to focus when you have just obnoxious boys who are immature and trying to make fun of it and learn differently anyways than girls. Absolutely. So I just feel like... That's why I was saying if if, if we hadn't gone through the trials that we, we go through, well, I don't think yeah. we would have learned the things. I think that, I think for me, I think it's intentional because we need to learn that lesson. Well, we do. That's but what I'm I don't saying. think there was any other way that we would have learned that lesson. I think, I don't know that God necessarily had us go through it, but I think it was more along the lines of maybe a Job situation where he's like allowed Satan to cause that because God doesn't cause bad things. He might allow things so you can learn. Fair enough. But he uses it. You know, like, he allowed Joseph to get sold into slavery. He allowed Job to lose everything. The difference is Job knew God, and I did not. But somehow, some way, I did know God through that experience because I knew that's where Casey was. And not one time, I was really lucky, not one time did I ever doubt God. I never doubted God through any of the trials. That's not to say that later on in life I wouldn't maybe doubt. And that's not to say that I haven't gotten angry at God. Because I have. Mm -hmm. He's a big guy. Like, he can handle our anger. (laughs) You're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to have your feelings. You're not allowed to act on them impulsively. But you're allowed to have your feelings. But... um, I think it was, he just allowed them because he knew the growth that we would get out of it and the glory he gets. Sometimes the bigger the trial, the bigger the test, the better the testimony. And so I just feel like he doesn't want those kinds of things for us, but we always come out stronger on the other side. And that's kind of what this podcast, it like, all um, explained in one little sentence or whatever, if you will, like we ourselves don't want the trials, but our spirits and our souls need them to grow and to grow stronger through God and to lean into him, to learn to use his strength, to learn to give our battles to him and just let him take care of it. You know, like to learn to lean into him and, and not try to take it on ourselves because it's and exhausting. For, for me, it was a, a lot of it was just don't be afraid to fail because you, to me, you have to fail. Nobody who's, who's doing well has succeeded every time. The people that succeeded for so long in their lives and then failed once and fell on their face, those are the people that... I mean, is there some? Is there such a thing? What? As you just succeed, succeed, well, succeed? Well, 
So the typical cliche story is the guy who was a superstar football player in high school and is now at the bar telling stories about it all the time. Oh, yeah. If you're so worried about failing, if you're so ashamed of the things that you've, of the trials you've gone through, that they let the, that you don't move forward, you know, you're, you're failing more than just yourself at that point. 1,000%. But it's also like he didn't become the high school football star by luck. So it's entertaining to me when we forget how much work it took to get there. Mm-hmm. You didn't get good at wrestling just all overnight. Like you weren't just, boom, you're good. Blessed. Yeah, I was like, boom, I'm freakishly average. <laughs> okay. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of frustration. It takes a lot of failure. A lot of failure. Mm-hmm. And we forget it. And I think a lot of that has to do with just this kind of generation we're in. Because we have a house in a couple of days or months. Maybe not days. Days if you find one on yeah. the property. Or not the property. On the... Um, that's already built. Or, you know, you find like your perfect house or whatever. Like, days. You want food? Go to a drive through we just forget, but I think, like I said, it just has a lot to do with the kind of life that we're currently living. We have smartphone, we have a computer in our hand. You know what I mean? We have... Yeah, it, by all intents and purposes, a supercomputer. Yeah. It literally holds anything you wanna know. Yeah, we, we have just everything at our fingertips right now. We can reach the other side of the world. In one click. In one click. I mean, we have it as really... As long as they answer. Yeah. We have it really easy now, for lack of a better word. And we're so used to just getting what we want when we want it. And we're not used to the journey. We've forgotten the journey that it takes to get there. We forgot that it took a whole lot of falling down to learn to walk. We forgot that it took a whole lot of missed baskets to become the high-scoring basketball player. We forgot that it took a whole lot of failed attempts to run the barrels or whatever it may be to get good. We forgot how often we've failed to get good at what we love. And I also think that has a lot to do with it too. Is if, you're, if you're not loving what you're doing, if you're not going after God's will for your life, it's exhausting and you stop loving it. Well, and that, that, that's, I think I might have said it on the last podcast too, but if you're, if you're not happy with the path you're taking, go ahead and change it. Yeah. But never make the end goal, never change your end goal. Right, right. Like, so it doesn't matter if you want to, say, drive a car to work or drive a truck to work. The fact of the matter is you're, you're going, going to, work. to work. Yeah. And so, I think the fact of the matter is you need to go after God's will for your life. Absolutely. And that will for you is going to be different than the will for me. He calls each of us into something different. Even if you are meant to be a basketball player, that's your will for God. Like that's God's will for your life. Even, even then, and, and same with like Jimmy over here, that's his will for your life over there i'm just using turd it's gonna look different 
it's not going to be the same. It's his journey while he still might be the basketball player and you're the basketball player also those are going to look different for each of you your your will or God's will for your life might have the same end goal I guess you could say like it might look the same on the outside but it's going to be different the paths are going to be different So never be afraid to go after what it is that he wants you to go after. I just say that because nowadays so many people are like, well, it's saturated with this. That, that's, that, um, kind of work is saturated. Do you really feel like hospitals feel like they're saturated with nurses and doctors? I mean, right now, probably not, but I don't think you can ever have too many. And... There might be a lot, but there's not you. And if you're going after God's will, it's not, he's going to open doors for you. Like, maybe his will for your life is to be a basketball coach. And you're trying to chase construction company work or whatever. You're going to feel like door after door after door is just shut in your face. And it's like, what is going on? This is exhausting. Why? And why is this happening? It's because you're not, it's not God's will for you. It feels extra hard. I'm not saying his will for you is going to be easy. Nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. He made that very clear in Genesis. That we're going to have to work hard for what we have because of, because of our sin. Nothing is going to come easy to us. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go read the book of Genesis. I believe it's in chapter 3. He makes it very clear our work on this earth is going to be difficult. However, when you're chasing his will for your life, while it's still work, it's not burnout. It's not exhausting. It's not draining. It's fun. It's exciting. It it's it's funny you say that too because you know I'm not I'm sure that most people aren't that way but you know the the women that are always so excited about being pregnant and you know just more than happy to go through all the things that you go through in bodily changes yeah so you guys have pain in childbirth and we have st- snakes strike at our boots right yeah I genuinely enjoy hard work right. I like being out there working hands-on, just doing my thing. Yeah. And there's some people, not necessarily you, that just love going through having a kid. Right. So, yeah, you can enjoy trials. You can enjoy growing and learning and, and doing the things that aren't necessarily comfortable. And it's not necessarily easy. Yeah, no. Trials are trials for a reason. They're not necessarily easy. (laughs) And here's the thing. Like, it's going to be hard and you're going to have to figure things out. But that's how you get good. That's how you learn lessons. And then, a little tip for me to you. Try learning lessons from other people who have been where you are trying to go. God will put people in your life for a reason. Learn from them. Read their mistakes talk to them about their mistakes. That way you don't make the same mistakes. 
I like it. So. Anything else? I think I could go on for hours, honestly. At the beginning, she was like, I don't know if I can talk on this for very long. Now we're pushing 45 minutes. Well, there's a five-minute break in there. We're had to regulate. <laughs> okay, friends. We hope you got so much value out of this episode, even if it was rough in the beginning. <laughs> it's probably rough all the way through, but there's some nuggets in there. I'm sure of it. And you get to hear a lot of fun stories. Well, two fun stories, I guess. About Ryan. I don't know that Casey was fun. <laughs> so. At least I'm entertaining. If you got value, make sure you take a screenshot of this. Share it with a friend. Send it to them. Actively share it. Don't just, hey, listen to this. No. Take a copy of the link and send it to somebody and tell them why they need to listen to it. And then don't forget the five-star written review because I want to know what kind of value we brought you. And it, I guess it's not necessarily what we brought you. I don't feel like this is our platform. This is God's platform. Um, how did he speak to you through this, through us? What did you learn? I want to know. So make sure you share, take a screenshot. Make sure you follow us on Instagram if you're not already following us. I'm going to get this YouTube thing figured out. So go follow YouTube too. And um, babe, where can they find you again? Uh, Instagram and YouTube at Finally Nine Outdoors. Yeah. If you're a hunting person, Ryan has a hunting show. It's been a minute since I put a video up because, uh, well, we changed lanes pretty hard without signaling this year. So we did. I haven't got much outdoorsy stuff done this year, but life has been interesting. We will make that turn. Yeah. Life has been pretty gonna, interesting. Do I have to ask you every time for the shameless plug or oh. are you just going to start? Telling people that you run a children's boutique. I do. I have a children's boutique um, that is placed currently on the back burner, thanks to none other than God. But it's there. It's still got a heartbeat. It's, I'll link it in the show notes. I'll link Ryan's uh, platforms in the show notes and um, everything. But Chosen Threads is my boutique. Got a lot of really cute boys and girls. Infant to tween. And when I say tween, I mean like, nine ten i would say kind of clothes they're super cute guys maybe a small 12 year old i don't know because if they'll fit in nine or ten year old clothes then it's <laughs> small 12 year old truth <gasps> i'm just saying like um colin is pretty petite and she's getting too big for some of these so yeah, fair enough yeah okay we love you guys we appreciate you more than you know don't forget to share this write a little love note if you're not connected with us go connect with us and we'll see you in the next podcast deuces goodbye